Kaylin, would you do us the honors of pouring the JV? Fuck yeah, I will. You can done using the schedule on the back desk. Label forward, of course, obviously. Labels out, y'all. When in doubt, labels out. Ladies and gentlemen, we are recording. So. Ah! Oh, God. Brian, you have just discovered that Kalen is the thing. Torture Using sense. only the tools in this garage at your disposal. How do you kill him? Water heater. Water heater. Explain. Get to the fire source, light that bitch on fire, torch his ass, use some J&B. I don't know. Molotov him, I don't know. That's my first game. Molotov him. I don't know, the only way they kill that thing was with fire for the most part, so. That's true. Kaylin, same question. Uh, I find out that I'm the thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same question. <laughs> the reverse. Beat me to it. Um, golly. I don't think I could actually use that to kill him, There's so. Child's tools over there, if you think you can make that work. Um, I could use that. Gosh. Well, if he's sitting this close to me, I mean... You're not, you're not in a good spot. You gonna punch him? <laughs> punch him? I'm so dead. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I mean, what am I gonna do? I'm deader than fried chicken, bro. Like, what's at my disposal? I throw some whiskey at him. I'm monster. Throw it in his face. Maybe it works like, uh, you know, sulfuric acid. You never know. I may, you know, I'd probably go try and pick up one of your weights and try to hit him with it. Because that could at least do some blunt force trauma and maybe, you know. Probably not, though. Probably dead. That's what I'm thinking. Ladies and gentlemen... I paid Kalen to mention my weights. That's right. <laughs> I work out. Oh, it's a nice water <laughs> What a nice apartment with a water heater and everything. Jeez. Brian, you get zero points. I would have survived. <laughs> Fuck you. You'd be dead. But, you know, J&B is sponsoring this episode, so I'm sure they'd be very happy that you, you mentioned their brand. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Hey. Uh, welcome back to the Johnny Horror Podcast. Gentlemen, thoughts on your first sip of J and B? I expected just straight gasoline. But um, you know, there. not to get all nerdy, but no, scotch is scotch. Like there, there are laws, regulations, and traditions to making scotch that are you know uh, very well kept and held. So um, there's really no such thing as terrible scotch. It doesn't really exist. You're not gonna get like a plastic bottle. Um, of scotch. scotch, yeah, yeah, it's just not how it, it's made as a whiskey. So I'm not surprised. I've never had a really terrible scotch yeah. before. 
Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it was a lot smoother than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Especially for this, like, half-pint you poured me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God it's you know. I was noticing that, actually. I was like, I feel like... <laughs> Later in the night, you feel just like a hand off your thigh. <laughs> I'm just going to ride it off to the five fingers of fucking James. I got going <laughs> it's actually a little bit of revenge. I don't know if you heard me in Johnny's last podcast, but at the end of it, I just like I'm fine, I'm coherent, I'm fine, I'm coherent, I'm fine, I'm coherent. At the end, I just fall right off a fucking cliff. <laughs> like, no man, it's bad. Like I just suddenly go like, he fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I'm it toasted. Was, it was one where I'm like, I had to tell him after the fact. I was like. Yeah, buddy, like, I had a little bit more that I was going to do, but I was like, I was noticing that you weren't there, and I was like, <laughs> you okay, were we, gonna go. yeah, we're done we, now. We're going to wrap this up. Yeah, and the best part, fell asleep, he so. left it in. He left, he left <laughs> in the part where I'm like, I'm fucking <laughs> I'm not uh, as good of an editor to just, like, cut out an entire ending and figure out how to make it work. I'm sorry. You gotta use AI, man. <laughs> that, he legit was like, yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom. And like when he went, I was like, "All right, cool, we'll wrap this up." And he came back. It was like he took two shots of tequila. No, it was like it all jumped on my back at once. I was just suddenly like, "Oh, I'm dead." You shouldn't have gotten that. Oh, That's the killer right there. It was. Good lord. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see where so, this night takes. So a little bit of revenge. Yeah. <laughs> was I even here for that? <laughs> no, but guilt by association. As, yeah, I was gonna say, as with anything, it's if it's not your fault, it's my fault. You know. And vice versa. Is it because he wouldn't have survived? <laughs> that, that's it. Because he killed you. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have killed me with your tentacles. <laughs> uh, well, we are back at the Johnny Horror Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Johnny Horror. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I know it's been a, a minute since I've had a, a proper podcast on this uh, episode with guests in person. So, uh... Uh, if you're if you're here, you're listening. Very excited for this episode. I have two uh, awesome guests with me. <laughs> Goodness gracious, it's already been a wild ride. We've been doing this five minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, first and foremost, my co-host of the Johnny Jaws cast, my partner in crime. Uh, gosh, I don't know how many uh, other you know accolades I could uh, put upon him. Um, my best friend, the guy who married my wife and I, um, he slept on my couch for like a month. Like you know, uh, introduce yourself, <laughs> Brian Calvert. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly, not nearly the. Huh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Ryan Gilbert! Hard, hard to follow after the homeless bit. I'm gonna throw that Brian, seven years ago. But. Brian Calvert? <laughs> Brian is occasionally homeless, guys. Don't judge him. <laughs> trying to like, do, like, have all these great things to say about you and then immediately undercut it. That was the first thing that came to mind. Um. <clears throat> And then, uh, frequent guest on the pod, uh, humanitarian, um, <laughs> just dedicating hours of his life to, uh, feeding the hungry and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, pastor of the year, um, <laughs> uh, introduce yourself. Uh, he's only okay. Kevin Berman. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> fellas, um, thanks for being here. Uh, this was... Uh, I, I live in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> right underneath that desk, actually. Quick Camille. He's, he's, he's a, a couple of bendy straws attached to my mini fridge, kind of like a, like a hamster desk. It's just he's sucking out the little bits of Coors Light. Yeah, he's fat in the water, he <laughs> I... Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, thanks for being here, fellas. Uh, this is... Uh, uh, a movie that I've wanted to talk about for a long time and wasn't really sure what um, format I wanted to do it in, whether it was, you know, just a straight up review is hard to do with a film like this because, you know, ideally I like to give some criticism, not to, you know, <laughs> jump too far ahead, but I do like to be able to, to have some stuff to talk about and with a movie like this in terms of reviewing it, I feel like that review would be um, fairly bland at the end of the day. So uh, getting here to uh, sitting here with you guys, be able, being able to talk about it, this uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So oh, yeah. um, we're just gonna jump right into it. We are discussing John Carpenter's The Thing. It is a 1982 science fiction horror film starring Kurt Russell, based off of the novella Who Goes There by John W. Campbell. During the flick's initial run, it was widely panned for being too gory, too dark, and not nearly as much fun as another Alien movie released two weeks earlier that year. Any guesses what <laughs> flick that may be? Is I it? know you know. Do Little you Mermaid. know? Huh? Little Mermaid. No, do you have a alien guess, movie. What? An Alien movie from 1982. Do you have a guess? Uh, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking to guess. Alien, but I couldn't remember when it's released date, mm. so that's clearly not it. Alien came out like but, three years prior. Yeah, when you do that, comparatively, wow, those are harsh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, though I know what it is now. Do you want to tell the no. listeners? I don't. No? Okay, Kaylin, you can tell. It's E.T. Oh, there we go. Steven Spielberg's classic masterpiece, E.T. You can kind of see how the general audience might favor one over the other. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean... <clears throat> Two different flavors of perfect movie, in my opinion. There we go. We're just, again, we're talking about our rankings hours before we even get there. Uh, in the film, a group of scientists discover a shape-shifting extraterrestrial being out of the Arctic that infiltrates their camp and slowly begins to absorb each man one by one. Blah, blah, blah. We've seen it all before. Kind of. In the 1950s, Howard Hawks did a loose adaption of Campbell's novel, novella, excuse me, albeit the shape-shifting monster is replaced with a lumbering Frankenstein's monster-esque vegetation-based alien. Um, have either of you seen the 1951's Thing from Another World? No, I have not. Yeah, weirdly enough, I haven't. It's, it's... I feel like I would like it, though. That's it nice. is, yeah. like, there's, like... The basis of the film is like 100% the same. Like the sets look the same. Obviously, it's in black and white. Right, yeah. um, there are full blown set pieces that are done to much grander effect in this version of the film. Um, like the alien bursting through the wall on fire and everything, oh, which yeah. is arguably more impressive 
back in the 1950s. Um, But yeah, it is this kind of like giant vegetable guy that they find. It doesn't exactly work with the the whole Arctic vibe in that sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this group of people... um, Is it like like a muck monster? Yeah, kind of think like the Swamp Thing okay. meets Frankenstein's monster, okay. basically. Right. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of kind of like the beats, like the discovering of the alien and this, that, or the other, kind of, kind of along the same vein. But I, I feel like almost <clears throat> uh, the the prequel, and we'll get into this later. But the prequel takes a lot more uh, stuff from from that version than than this film does. Huh. <clears throat> but uh, it's funny because if uh, if you guys are kind of familiar with your horror, then you would know that John Carpenter used this film to play in the background of mm-hmm. one of his most famous movies before he had the opportunity to make this picture. Brian, do you know what <laughs> John Carpenter used in the background, used uh, the thing from Another World to play on in the background? Oh. Yay! Yeah. 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 Is that the only other John Carpenter movie that you know? Probably. Yeah. Hey, you know what? <laughs> the I odds were in your face. That's pretty good. I did remember that scene. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Good, good, good. Yeah, suck it. <clears throat> Put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dick. <laughs> you guys are talking about that. I'm gonna do my my uh, usual OCD. We're gonna make talk sure. about that. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. Hey, we're recording. Great news. Oh, um, <laughs> and <talk>. you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's a little toasty in here. It's uh, currently it's 63 degrees outside, but we had a hot day, right? Um, probably in the the mid to high 70s today, but uh, we are. Not we're we're in the thick of summer, um, and these guys at the beginning of the film are in the first goddamn week of winter. In this particular section, we will be discussing um, just kind of like our first introductions to this film or if you guys have a personal anecdote or fond memory of watching this flick it doesn't have to be the first time you saw it um but if there's anything that that really like you think about this flick you think about this particular memory involved with it uh brian you got something yeah i remember the first time i watched it with my dad i don't remember how old i was but i was pretty young Mm -hmm. probably too young to be watching this and be, remember being terrified of yeah. the entire thing. Rightfully so. But I also remember my dad just like dying laughing during the blood testing scene, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was like a core memory of mine of him just being like, just cracking up at like, these guys trying to scoot away from her. All <laughs> <laughs> he's opening up basically. And watching it again, I told Kelsey about that today. I was like, yeah, I remember watching this with my dad. Just like, now it makes me laugh as well. Back then, I was horrified and traumatized by like this like, entire film. Not only are these terrible things <laughs> happening to these poor men, but my dad's laughing maniacally. Why are you enjoying it? 100%. Yeah. I think he might be a sociopath. Yeah, no, I remember that though as a child. It was, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a 
fucking stays with you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Anytime, if you identify yourself as a child, like, watching this flick, right. too young. Yeah, well, that's true. 100%. Too young. That's true. God. That's true for sure. Uh, Kaylee, what about you? Uh, watching with my dad as a child. Yeah. yeah. My dad was a big old cinephile. He loved movies, and uh, he really loved this movie. Um, and he would, he didn't, I mean, God, I must have been like seven years old watching Alien and The Thing and The Exorcist. Did not give a fuck. Yeah, dude, dude my dad didn't old. give a fuck, dude. He just, he was like, he's fine. Um, <laughs> he was, dude. And so, um, yeah, so I watched this probably like seven years old um, with my dad. And, um, I mean, it scared me, but I also thought it was like cool as shit, you know. I, I loved right. the the monsters and the the scary sequences and stuff. Um, definitely a movie that hits you differently as an adult than as a kid. As an adult, you kind of understand the uh, other aspects of the movie differently. But yeah, I've liked it since I was yeah. a little boy. Yeah, love this movie my whole life. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea what was going on. When I watched it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even watching it again today, I was just like, I picked up on like ten new things. Right. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> The yeah, I mean we'll we'll talk about this as we go on. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, obviously the paranoia aspect is right. just yeah, uh, that hits on a different level. Particular, just the older you get, the more kind of in tune with your your mortality. You're mm-hmm. like, yeah, right. People are people are scary. People, <laughs> humans are squishy mortal creatures. <laughs> the more you realize that. Um, so I did not see this film. <laughs> no pod is complete with that. No, no, no. I don't have ice cream, Dada. Do you have ice cream, Daddy? I don't have ice cream, babe. I'm just going to check. Go ask Mama. She's got ice cream. I'm just going to check. It's got a good attitude. I mean, it's all the question. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, we are in the first goddamn week of winter. Like, why wouldn't there be ice cream? There should be ice cream. <laughs> Stupid. Um, <clears throat> he watched it with me today. <laughs> That's oh. Oh. He was mostly on his iPad. It was okay. one of those things where I was like, don't look. Just don't. Yeah. He was like, why? Why can't I watch? I was like, it's not. It's not for babies. Yeah. <laughs> why? Like, it's just... It's not. Yeah. It's not a baby movie. Um... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I didn't see this film until, I would say I was probably, I'd say probably 20, um, just kind of at the start of my, um, my, uh, like, getting, getting deep into horror. Yes, son. Got some ice cream. You got some ice cream? You got some, yeah. You need your help, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. You better take this back up to your mom, okay? Okay. Dada, uh, are you having a nice day, Dada? Having a nice day, bud. Mm-hmm. Okay. You better go upstairs with mom. Bye, Kelly. Bye, buddy. Bye. Later, Papa. Well, when you're done, uh, okay. Well, when you're done, um, can, can I visit you, Dada? Yeah, baby. When I'm done, okay? <clears throat> Oh, because it smells nice. Oh, it smells nice? Yeah, now it's lighting. <laughs> it's to deal with Uncle Brian. Whoa. <laughs>
He doesn't have a shower in here, so. Yeah. Bird. I know. That's just getting some hot and steam. He thought about it. He was going to go inside. He, he, he thought about it. He was like, nah. Oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ragnarok, I, I can stick around for this. <laughs> Surprised he didn't watch it until he was twenty. That is mind blowing. To me. So well, it's funny you say that, dude. Because when I met Johnny, I think I met him when he was eighteen, but we became friends when he was twenty. Okay. And he was clearly like this uh, sheltered Christian boy, right? Right. Who was like coming into the world of yeah, like opening is who he is now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was like I met him during that sort of transitional phase from yeah, from one to the other. You met when you were what twenty two then. Yeah, so this is, like, I think, yeah, I, like, I, my memory's pretty vivid of, like, being in one of Celeste's house, and I was just, like, sitting on her couch. She was, like, doing stuff, and I was like, oh, I'll put on this movie. Like, I've always kind of, like, heard about it. It sounds really cool, but, like, my understanding of the film, I and I'm not really sure why, I don't know why I was getting it confused, but I did not think it was like gonna be what it was like i thought okay, it was yeah. gonna be a very mild film yeah of course um and uh uh so when i when i started watching the movie i was just like yeah this is pretty cool this is great this is all fun and interesting and then like when the dog sequence happened i was like what is doing? happening? <laughs> it just goes off the rails. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I was not prepared for yeah. for that at all. I do, so I have that memory of like watching it and just being kind of like taken aback, and then being very, very. I, the first time I watched it, I was very, very frustrated with the ending. Uh, of course, just my type A personality and wanting closure. I still get this before I before I you know really kind of had my brain. Expanded. You, you got to understand that, like when the movies that I was raised with were, you know, like a lot of epics and like blockbusters. So there's right. like a, a, tends to be a finality to mm-hmm. the ending of those types of films. Yeah. Um. So I was really just starting to branch out and go into other directions. But one of the ones that sticks with me the most is probably the second time I watched it. I watched it with my brother. Like we had gone to. Fries to pick up some uh, movies, Fries and Oxenard, when mm-hmm. that was uh, still open and mm-hmm. alive. Uh, we would always go and kind of like get a handful of movies, each of us, and I think I got the thing and I wanted to watch it. And probably my second time watching it. And on our way back to Ventura, we, because Costco was right next to Fries, we got Costco pizza. And I remember, of course, just what a poor decision that was because Costco pizza is the closest thing I can say that is like like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pizza where it's yep. just like very uh, yeah. you know floppy and like the cheese is very yep. dense and I just remember like <laughs> being kind of losing a taste for that pizza whilst watching <laughs> the thing. Uh, that checks out uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, so I saw this movie before you did. That's got yeah. me first. Yeah, yeah, and both did. I mean, I feel like he's got me beat on a lot of, a lot of flicks. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty sure that I have seen Blood Rage and you haven't. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Have you watched Point of Meaning yet? 
No, I'm not going to ever. <laughs> I've got a lot of those. You can, you can, you can keep on <laughs> getting me with that one too. You can ask me ten years from now. You see Quantum Mania and be like, "Nope." Oh, this is gonna be a thing now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, so, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm already fed up with YouTube dudes, and, like, I can't imagine having to spend, like, like six months locked away in a base camp with you. Right. Uh, That's like, all the characters do in Outpost 31. So, here at Outpost 31, we're just going to do a very, very brief rundown of the characters in this film just so as we progress uh we more or less know who we're referencing because there there are uh quite a few quite a few characters in this film and they all kind of have an integral part to play in one way shape or form so um we're not gonna we're not really gonna discuss the characters too much in depth now. We're just gonna touch base just so we're we're yeah. familiar with them and uh kinda kinda move from there. Um so obviously first and foremost we have Kurt Russell as RJ McCready, the helicopter pilot. Um we have Wilford Brimley as Blair, the senior biologist. Um we have T.K. Carter as Nalls. He's the cook. He's got the roller skates, right? He's yep. got the roller skates. I, I always yeah. think about him so listening cool. to very superstitious. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we have uh, David Clennon as Palmer. He's the assistant mechanic. I just think of him as like, you know, punk rock, rock and roll. Oh, he's, got yeah. the, he's got the, you know. He's, he's very cool. Yeah. The best. He's yeah. always smoking weed. Smoking weed on that. That's right. Yeah. Jamming. Back in 1982, and smoking weed was like, like legitimately rebellious and countercultural. Yeah, I yeah. do think about like the fact that he's they're at they're like at this science base. Yeah, he's just smoking Cheating weed on the regular. It's right. not even yeah. just him in his bedroom. Like they're nope. just like trying to figure he's out what the about. fuck, why the the Norwegians were shooting at him. He's just lighting up a yeah. day, like ready yeah. to go, chilling. Um. We have uh, Keith David as Childs, which, if I right. remember right, this is Keith David's first role. And, I mean, oh. that's pretty that's fucking big. astounding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he kills it. So he's the chief mechanic. I don't know if I ever I don't got that, that or, you know, was yeah, aware I of that. I was wrong. Um, uh, let's jump back to, to Wilford Brimley really quick. Obviously, Wilford Brimley, you know, very, very famous for his um, diabetes commercials. Um, right. uh, but, you Jeez. know, I didn't realize that wow. because he's very much mustacheless in this, this, this film. This right? Uh, he's right. The, the senior biologist. Right. He's the one that, you know, is poking at the thin corpse with his, his uh, pencil and right. then touches that very same pencil to his mouth yes. moments later, and I'm like, Twice. yeah, cool, you're infected. Um, but, I feel like um, something a biologist would do with an alien. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 the stress on the word senior. Like, yeah. He's, he's losing a little bit. <laughs> um, we have uh, Richard uh, Dysart. Dysart? 
Just dicer. Dicer. Uh, as Dr. Copper, the physician, a uh, pretty cool oh, the doc, yeah. doctor. Um, maybe a little bit too nosy for his own good, but I like his little earring that he's uh, he's sporting. Um, <laughs> Gotta sport those earrings. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's the one that uh, suggests that they go check out the uh, Norwegian um, base camp right. and everything. And, mm-hmm. um meets a fairly grisly demise. Um, We have uh, Charles uh, Hallahan as Norris, the geologist. Kaylin, you're a smart guy. Which one's a geologist? What does a geologist do? A geologist is like a scientist of like rocks. Yeah? Yeah, like like the earth and like the different layers of the earth and like um, fossils and um, they kind of get a snapshot of things happening in time by looking at like... um, Different layers in the fossilization and things like that. Yeah. Get it, got it, get it. I can't even think of who that is again. Uh, he's the one whose uh, chest opens in his head. Right! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes. Um, then uh, we have uh, Peter Maloney as George Bennings, a meteorologist, uh, who's, we'll just yeah, claws. Right. Yeah. Um, he's when he gets tagged with the Norwegian yeah, bullet. Right? Yeah. He's when he gets yeah. shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what does he say? Uh, Nalls, can you turn down that music? I was shot today. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to sleep. I do love that. I line. was shot I today. Love I love that. Uh, <laughs> um, we have uh, Richard uh, Masseur. Matt Maser? Maser? We'll say Maser. That looks like Maser. Richard Maser sure. as. Clark, the dog handler, um, 10 points to the uh, guest or co-host who can um, name what other very, very famous horror, 1990s horror TV movie this man Ooh. also started. Oh, so like that's, that's about as on the nose as I could possibly be. Poltergeist? That's TV movie, guess. not not a movie with a TV, but a movie oh. made for TV. Oh. Yes, he plays uh, older Stanley. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. Um, we have uh, Joel Polis as uh, as uh, <laughs> Fuchs, the assistant biologist. Um, he is the one that uh, suggests that. Um, the the team eat out of cans oh, and right. prepare their own meals yep. um, and probably most likely burns himself alive to avoid becoming the thing which is if that is how we went down a uh, pretty boss move yeah, um, right. he has a pretty quiet role too mm-hmm. um, we have uh, Donald Moffat as Gary the station commander um, the one that kills the Swede or the Norwegian <laughs> rather with one shot. Uh shot. to the to that to the eyeball. Right. The last, uh, too. I was gonna say with a pistol from a window, uh, just black. Right. You would not want to fuck with that guy <laughs> yeah. on the shooting range, I tell you. No. Um, well, because isn't it Palmer that gives him shit for it too? Yeah. Like, yeah. Finally yeah. you have to use this pea shooter over <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I love that bit right afterwards where they're talking about, like, the, the doc is talking about, like, going to the Norwegian camp, and 
they're like, yeah, McCready won't do it. It's it's too rough out there. And then Palmer's like, hey, I'll I'll take you up there though. And and they're immediately like, no, Palmer, don't even think about it. And he's like, yeah, hey, th- thanks for thinking about it though. And it's just like that's <laughs> yeah. his response. I think that is the one like legitimately with funny bit of dialogue right. in this movie. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later, but yeah, um, I did love that. Though. Yeah. Uh, Actually, the second bit, because uh, Gary, the station commander, also has that great line of, like, I know you gentlemen have had a long yep. night, but anytime you see fit, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. Tied to this fucking couch! Yeah. Yeah. Great, great yeah. bit. That is a good bit. Um, and then we have uh, <laughs> Thomas Everybody. Waits as Windows. Windows. The radio operator. Apparently, this character had a different name. At one point, and the actor just, like, walked up to John Carpenter with sunglasses on and said, I want everyone to call me Windows, and that stuck. So he's always wearing sunglasses, and they call him Windows. It wasn't one of those things that they pointed out. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, that was one of his things. Because they had such a tricky time. They were trying to, like, differentiate through characters right. because yeah, there's right. no, like, s- like, set introduction. Yeah. Right. Not, like, his name's Windows. And it's a lot he's of, also always in, his, in sunglasses, like, consistently. Yeah. Yeah, big thing. Yeah, it's um, cool. I like it a lot. He, it's almost because he has those glasses on so right. much that it's weird when you actually see his yeah. eyes. Right, right. you're like, okay, yeah. it's just going down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is that's kind of just a general overlook of our characters. Um, uh, you know, again, some of these these, you know, I had no idea that you know, like we talked about. Keith David was a chief mechanic, or right, you know, yeah. what I didn't know there was a geologist. A lot of roles out there. Now, yeah. before we jump to our next section, I do want to pose the question: um, What, uh, what do you think they're actually studying out there? Any ideas? <laughs> well, obviously they're studying Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Duh. Duh. Snow science. Snow science. <laughs> I like that answer. I like that answer a lot. Uh, I would say with a geologist and a meteorologist, and a meteorologist they're yeah. studying geology. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're probably doing ice sam- like core samples mm-hmm. or something. Is my best guess. Yeah, trying to well, yeah, go a, deep on a biologist, samples, a biologist, a geologist, and meteorologist would suggest that they're they're studying the ecology of right and the history. Two of mechanics. The, yeah. the dog dudes out there for like. <laughs> To fucking <laughs> wrangle the dogs. Keep an eye on his pups. Got the mechanics like, like, a helicopter. And then worst case scenario, they're gonna sled their way out. That's right. He's gonna I sled their way back to the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm sure that's just like. I mean, I think about stuff like that. I think about the dogs being out there, and I think about flamethrowers. Like, so right. that's one of the first things that I said the last time I watched this movie with Sandy in preparation for this. I was like, who the fuck? has a science expedition in Antarctica and is like, hey boys, let's bring some fucking flamethrowers. Like, that's yeah, what, what else we need? Uh, we need a computer that is only used for chess. <laughs> flamethrowers. Uh, a couple flamethrowers. A couple flamethrowers. We need like two or three flamethrowers. Dynamite for <laughs> so, sure. The, the, the Norwegian base camp is what, eight miles away? An extra flamethrower. Another flamethrower. We might need to kill We need a guys. whole gun case. <laughs> a whole gun case. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, like an armory? <laughs> because there's so many people coming after you in Antarctica. You have to be ready to go to like war. Assault rifles. Maybe we're at war with Norway, you know? But they're giving bomber shit for carrying around his pea shooter. They got like a fucking armory in one room. <laughs> at the end of the hall. That's actually yeah. one of the funniest things, because you would never ship an armory off to Antarctica. There's literally yeah. no point. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. It's a movie. 
Yeah. Right. You know, they, they how to defend themselves. Exactly. Against the snowmen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we didn't see is before the movie they were attacked by a bunch of abominable snowmen and they blew them all away. They just That's the prequel we need. They just recouped. They just restocked the That's right. That's replenished right. their blood supply after the Great War. The Great War had just ended. Uh, the next storm's coming. They're getting ready. You know, they and then this fucking alien <laughs> came in. Screwed it all up. I love this. this is, I'm, I hope you're taking notes out there, <laughs> studio execs. Because hey, I'm available. Call me. flamethrowers. <laughs> well, you know, um, if they were to, to bring back home a, a yeti in addition to an alien, you know, I feel like uh, that would be something noteworthy and uh, arguably <laughs> something that would win somebody the Nobel Prize. <clears throat> Here, in this particular category, <laughs> uh, that's going to win somebody the Nobel Prize, a.k.a. the good stuff, a.k.a. what we liked about the movie. Right. Now we're just going to go person by person, uh, kind of hit the what we enjoyed about this flick. I imagine that uh, we're all going to have the same things to say, like this movie's perfect in every... Yeah scene and everything in it is good but uh yes. brian once you uh start it off since you tend to have the most eclectic uh okay, lists seems good somehow um this guy called me eclectic i don't even know what that means no, i know what it means i just know how he's using it is rude probably hurtful give me a definition <laughs> Dickle. uh mine were all like because I watched it again today. They're like very chronological. Yeah, that's fair. But the very first one was, I don't know why, I, I put CGI, but just like graphics and right. like the animatronics in general are just like amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know how much work went into it. It's yeah. so cool to me. I uh, I told uh, Kaylin this uh, off off mic, but the, that there's going to be certain things that we address here in the right, good okay. yeah. that we'll jump into in depth later on because right. I think we can all agree that yep. the special effects are what set this film in a completely absolutely. different league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll all agree that, yes, right. yeah. that's a good yeah. and oh, we're yeah. going we're gonna to dive we'll hit it later. deeper cool. in that. Love that. Moving forward. The other one was the intro of the dog hunt being setting it at such an like ominous tone of just Yeah, that, I, that was like a what the like, fuck that intro opener. to it's me. Such like, a what the fuck opener to a yeah. movie. I uh that's what's up, baby? What's my Your what, baby? Bye, Killeen. We will be having frequent visits from my son this episode. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't translate that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> You're my translator. This, right? This One job. All of their buttons. Mm, there it is. Oh, okay. Alpha bad. You didn't know that? Keep talking about it. Yeah, no. Are you done? Yeah, so like you, you start a movie off and you're like, okay, scientists in the Antarctic, that's cool. And then all of a sudden there's a wolf being chased by a fucking helicopter. I'm just trying to get gunned down. And you're just like, helicopter. what the hell is this movie? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely like puts you on your, your, 
your toes. You know, yeah, because like, well, like I said, when I watched it when I was a kid, I had absolutely no idea what was going sure. on. I just knew it was terrifying. Right. This was monster shit freaking me out. <laughs> right. And I watched it like sure. years later as an adult. Was just like, whoa, this intro is a trip. Like yeah. I'm obviously like watching it for the first time again at that point. I'm just like, holy shit, what the fuck. <laughs> I, I, I I like I I love it though because I feel like it's a great yes. way to give a movie inertia because right from jump we're sitting here like okay what the hell are these people doing you're already questioning right it. we have a bunch of everyone. dead Norwegians we have yeah. a random dog what's going on and you just it just gives it so much forward momentum yeah right before from we're jump. getting shot this guy's not he's speaking Norwegian right like there's zero translation he just gets he just gets gunned blasted. down yeah, yeah. you're like all right so this guy's been shot uh, and. Yeah. What the hell's going on? We were talking about how, like, that opening gives the movie so much forward momentum. Like, yes. right from jump, you're just going, and you're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> I mean, my yeah, first thing is right we in. jump right in. Yep. Yep. There's there's no... No time the, Like, what, what we no talk about... There's no trust at all. There's no, there's no uh, introduction to characters. No, we just go, yeah, no and you immediately, name. you just see this dog running in the snow. Mm-hmm. And if you just saw the dog running in the snow, it'd be like, all right, there's this dog, cool. Like a husky guy. But the bum. Yeah. Bum, that bum. Baseline. Bum, bum. That like, almost like off heartbeat thing. You're like, yes. this isn't good. So unsettling. Um, yeah, I love that. It's such a, just, a, like, rip the band-aid off mm-hmm. almost thing. Because yeah. we, 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 you do see the, the spaceship go and crash yeah. the Earth. You see that, and that's your... That's true. That's, that's your little, your little cue. That's, oh, that's like, what's happening. And then something set. Yeah. And then from there, it's, you're kind of left to figure out, but... Yeah. Um, I just almost wish that wasn't in there. Like, I wonder how the movie would play if you didn't have the spaceship yeah. in there. Yeah. I've seen this movie so many times, and I almost always forget yeah, that it, it, we that actually right. see starts, the ship. Yeah. Starts that was out me this, that way. today, this morning, yeah. when I fired it up. I'm like, oh, that's right. Starts with this janky little spaceship that's teetering around. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we're immediately introduced to this kooky fucking cast of characters. Yeah. You got a guy leaving his shades on, a dude roller skating around. <laughs> you got a, you know what I mean? Yeah, you got a dude with a denim cut on who's smoking a blunt, and you're like, okay, you know, like this is, and he's just walking around like upending a bottle of scotch. Right, like, you know what I mean? So it's like the movie, the movie just gets you started so fast, and you're so in the movie and the tone and all the things that are happening right away. Yep. It is a very like adult film in the sense that yes, it's. You hit the ground running, and it's up to you as an audience member yeah. to catch up. Yep. It's they Definitely. leave it up to you Definitely. to go. Okay, okay, now that's Bennings, mm-hmm. that's Palmer. Um, I don't know the yeah. guy with the dog's name, but yeah, he's dog like, guy. He's a dog like, dude. Um, homework, yeah, like, yeah. yes. Like, mentally. does a, does a picture like this get me today in the same way? No, no, no. There will be. No one will do it like that. First of all, they don't even. They don't even like to give these movies, like, they don't like to do mid-budget creature feature horror movies very much these days at all. Uh-uh. But also, if they did, I feel like it would be very heavily editorialized. And they would definitely have been like, hey, you're going to need to hold the audience's hand a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, things are going to need to be a little bit more straightforward. Especially these days. Yeah. 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 Everyone needs, like, immediate gratification and, yeah. like, quick cutting. Mm-hmm. Like, no one wants to think through anything. And yeah. this movie is, like, 
um, jumps out the gate of like you can't trust or nor do you know anyone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's you, just the entire you, tone immediately. You <laughs> as the audience member are lost to start the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's part of the deal, right? Is that yeah. you're lost and you're trying to figure it out and they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all very tired. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's like, that's part of the yeah. movie. And I, I love that. And I, I do think that like some studios still make interesting horror movies for sure. But getting yeah. this kind of mid-budget um, creature feature with this level of sort of autonomy, I, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, it's, it would be, yeah, you probably wouldn't see it made like this today. Mm-hmm. Um, well, again, like I said, <laughs> we're two for two, boys, uh, on the, yeah, like, this week, <laughs> that's a good thing. Uh, Kalen, why don't you hit me with one of your goods? So, one of the things I love about this movie is, like, um, I, I, I feel like it's got some of the best practical VFX, obviously, of any movie ever, and some of the, the coolest horror scenes, but, like, there's, like, subtle things ahead of that where you sort of get, um, an inclination as to what you're getting into. So, when they go to the other outpost... And you find the other people dead, the practical effects there, which I feel like no one ever talks about in this movie, are so fucking good that I feel like even if you didn't know exactly how far off the deep end you were going to go, you know that something very cool is coming. And I love that. I um, I don't think I could agree more without uh, showing my hand too much. I love, 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 love scenes like that in movies where you as an audience member are left to, again, once again, this is, this is you having to partake yep. yeah. in You're this in film. It. Exactly. You're in You yeah. are left up to your own designs to figure out what happened at that camp. Yeah. And it is fucking atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a, it is very foreboding mm-hmm. because you see that that just the the bit where the they're looking at the man whose blood is literally frozen yeah, dripping I out of him. It. I love With it so six, much. Uh-huh. Great razor in his hand. The, like, into ice, his hand. the blood icicles, yeah. dude. I love it so much. Uh, so good. And the doc has that great line of just it's it's a line that's been delivered in so many other movies, but. His conviction when he delivers it sells it, which is, what the hell happened here? Yeah. Um, and you know that that ties directly back into the end of this film. Yeah. Because whatever happened there is about ready to yeah, happen I mean, at your camp. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. Um, and I love the I love that anything if. If a horror movie can do a good foreboding scene, like that's probably the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And that scene is is perfection in that regard. Right. With that it is block really is. You know, you know, you're getting little... into some shit. Yes. Like you know that's it. empty. Yeah. By the... yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. I got one here that's you yeah. know really gonna uh totally turn some heads and yes. be a be a hot take, but uh. Kurt Russell is a fucking force to be reckoned with in this movie. Um, I don't need to really dive into it any more than that because we're going to talk about McCready as a character later on. Um, But just right out the gate, top five Kurt Russell performances. The fifth is Dealer's Choice. 
the other four are are you you can't you can't deny that they're they're the best. Obviously, we have the thing, mm -hmm. we have um, backdraft, we have yeah. uh, escape from LA, yep. and um, uh, you mean escape from New York? That's what I meant. Escape yep. from New York. Thank yep. you very much. Yep. Um, I was so afraid. I was like, just whatever you do, don't say escape from LA. Don't say <laughs> escape from LA. And uh, there I went and did it. I and and oh god, I had it. I'm now. Have just, you seen those movies? I'm. Yeah. It's been being uh, put on the spot, and it's it's killing me. I, I almost jotted them down. I was like, no, I'll fucking remember. I'm like, why wouldn't I remember them? Um. Uh. Da, 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 da. Oh god! Of course, it's right there. Fucking. Escape from LA. Uh, no, two. I was going to say, if you say that, you lose. Um, <laughs> oh, is that number five? Dealer's uh, choice. That is, that, sure, that can be dealer's choice. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck, here, here, here we go. I'm, I'm losing my shit here. Uh, oh, Tombstone, duh. Tombstone, uh, duh. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I, I feel uh, bad. Yeah, no, that yeah, one. that was like, that was like... The, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking John Carpenter and shit, you yeah, know what I mean? I'm no, like, like, yeah, that's, 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 that's like, like Big Trouble in China. That was my thing. Like, when, when I made, yeah, that's, that's why I didn't, that's why I didn't write it down, because the second thing that came to mind when I thought the list earlier, I was like, oh, well, Tombstone, duh. Um, but yeah, dealer's choice for the fifth one, I would argue that you could say... Big Trouble, Little China, um, Bone Tomahawk, but I'm gonna go with uh, Herb Brooks from Miracle because I just oh, really fuck! Really I forgot about that, that one. God damn, that's good. Uh -huh. Yeah, I love that. That's probably above Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah, I'm just not sure, sure if I've seen Miracle. Oh, man. Hey, I fucking love Guardians of the Galaxy too. That's a great movie. Thank you. That's a fantastic film. But is. it top five Kurt Russell performances? Not at all. Yeah, hey, it was Dealer's good. Choice. Yeah, but you're just doing that to be a prick. <laughs> no, it's not top five. Not at all. But, all good. Right. Um, which one is Miracle? Miracle's the, the one about the U.S. hockey team beating the Russians. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. I'm like, I know I've seen that. He's a head coach. Yep, 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 yep. Got Based it. on the true story, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing movie. Especially yeah. with him in it. Definitely in my top five uh, Again. favorite uh, sports films. I think I think uh, Tombstone's probably my fa my second favorite yeah, Kurt Russell performance. That movie is fucking wide earth, baby. Yeah, yeah. that is fucking amazing. I think, I think that's it's a classic. I think that's third for me because Snake Plissken is so. I don't yeah. think I don't think anybody realizes how many action heroes are, are based after off Snake of Plissken. Snake Plissken. That's true. Like he is so mm. much the OG in everything too, yes. in film and television and video games. He is like the OG, like. Mm. Badass of all badasses, like you could look at, you could look at, um, probably the best, most recent example is Daniel Craig's version of James Bond. This guy who is puts up this front of being a really hardcore badass and has done a lot of these things, but a lot of times when push comes to shove, he he shows his humanity in these these moments of like, dude, I just want to get the fuck out of here, yeah. like, uh, and like is still like scared but is still like doing the job and he's a badass man Snake <clears throat> Plissken is just mwah. yeah for sure for sure <clears throat> but uh, anyways I digress uh, Kurt Russell badass. <laughs> badass man force nature in this badass somebody uh, once asked me they were like if you could only watch one 
actors' <laughs> movies for the rest of your life, oh, damn. who would it be? And I scratched my head for a while because I'm like, no matter what I do, I'm losing some of my favorite movies. Of course. But I settled on Kurt Russell because I was like, damn, Dude, that man has choice, more though. hits than misses, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, that's huge. Uh-huh. That is a big catalog. Mm-hmm. I mean, Overboard, fucking fantastic. I'm just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> Brian, go for it, buddy. Uh, I know we already talked about the music. Uh, I'm going to jump that one because I feel like we'll hit it again no matter what. Uh, I put the overarching like normalization that being out in the Antarctic will eventually make you break or lose it. Like, they yeah. compare it to the Norwegians. They compare it to themselves. It's just, like, a common topic in the beginning of just, like, oh, no, he's already too far gone. Or, oh, no, no, he, it'll break you. Oh, eight weeks into this, oh, I'm already fucking screwed Yeah, up. and it's just, like, this common arc in the beginning of yeah. just, like, being out here will make you fucking crazy. And they've all just, like, throw it in conversation. Like, it's, like, getting yeah. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and it tripped me out in the beginning. I was just, like, damn, that is such, like, just, like, just off-the-cuff conversation. Well, it's it, like, the more we're talking about it, the less will probably happen, right? <laughs> it's interesting because you have this group of characters that you would think that by the choice of this job, they, you think, naturally, they like isolation. But then you're isolating yourself with, like, a group of other people that you have to be with. In very close proximity on a regular basis. Hard so, dude, that would be hard to do with people you like. Yes. Yeah. It'd be terrible yes. with strangers. Yes. Yeah. God is not a big building. Yeah. No. And, like, not everyone has his little shack up on the hill uh-huh. to go fucking cruise out to and get drunk and be by yourself legitimately. But like, then yeah. it, it also lends itself to something deeper that I feel like you have to think about because it's not there on the surface of the film, which is... Right. These guys are buddies. These guys are friends. They yep. they are literally like facing life and death on a daily basis in this this yeah. environment. Right. You know, maybe not in in the intensity that they do throughout sure. the rest of the film, it's but not being attacked by but, alien monsters, but, <laughs> but still pretty rough. These guys these guys have learned to coexist, which means that they probably all get along fairly well. Right. Which means that they like each other fairly well. Which means that when they turn on each other, that's Heavy decisions. Guys, like that like the, like they say Gary like, points one out. Gary says that yep. Bennings is my friend. I've known him for ten years. Yeah. Brian, yeah. that's like you and me levels of like friendship being yeah. like Yeah, no, fuck this guy. And like, you're trying that, to tell someone who just torched him yeah. out in the snow. Like, what did you do to my friend? Like, like that wasn't him. Like uh Yeah. <laughs> it was twenty minutes ago. What the fuck? Yeah. So yeah. that that and now he's gone. It, it's it's not no really love. talked about that much when discussing yeah. this film, like the relationships that these guys have to be right. able to withstand, you know, the crazy element yeah. that overtakes you, and just know that you you have your buddies, your your partners to to kind of keep you sane. Well, and that's yeah. why I actually think this movie is more dark and brutal than he gets credit for. Yes, oh, yeah. because what's happening in this situation with these people is amongst friends and also like these aren't bad people no none of like no. none of these people deserve any of this there's no real bad right. guys here it's just a bunch of dudes there. yeah, yeah. Like, and so the things that are happening to them are like it's pretty fucking crazy like um damn it, i'm sorry warfare. what's the dog guy's name clark clark dude yeah okay um like dude when he shoots clark mm. and you know he's like 
then they they find out that Clark wasn't the thing. Yeah. He's like, yeah, dude, you just fucking murdered Clark. Childs calls him that's, a murderer. That's brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. He's like, that makes and you a murderer. Even even though he's sitting there probably trying to tell himself, well, he was attacking me. So I was going to say, too. that's self-defense. I'm trying to murder him. But would you feel okay about it? No, no, not I'm not going to. what I'm not saying. You know what I mean? Like, it was self-defense. It wasn't murder. That's true, because he yeah. was attacking him. Yeah. But still, you just shot a guy that you were at least friends with. Yeah, you know, no, I, mean? I would I would argue that Clark and McCready are probably the most distant right. uh, on the ends of the spectrum sure. of that group. Like I feel like you know they they are the guys that Socially, like yeah. sup in passing. You yeah. know, yeah. like yeah, he pulled a knife on me. Um, but yeah, still like <laughs> I'm gonna feel bad about killing somebody. Yeah, right. right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah, dude, and like but damn the dude who who. I'm sorry that no, it happened. No, 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 but like it's, when he when he has to burn the one guy alive in the room after he gets attacked. Uh, um, windows. Windows. Yeah, and he like doesn't die right away, and yeah, you're like he's got to burn him alive. That's both of them. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's dark, man. Like it's you're killing people that you're friends with, and it's not happening nice. Like yeah. it's, and it's, it's just like in split hair, split seconds, because they were yeah. all he had a bundle of dynamite in his hand and a yeah. flamethrower in the other because they had already turned on him. Oh my then God. they all run right <laughs> past him, yeah. and he puts it down below towards that guy. Yeah. And the next one, windows. It's just yeah. like oh and my then, God. that's what I'm saying. It's like it's that's so it it's so dark. Like, yeah. It's a dark fucking movie. The mental warfare mm-hmm. yeah. going on between that group is just fucked. Like, I think it's, like, I, like everyone knows it's a dark and brutal movie, but I think it's low-key, like, how gnarly it really is yeah. if you let yourself think about the characters. Yeah, you know what I mean? right. Yeah. It's very dehumanizing until you, like, sit think with it for a little bit. And then you're just like, oh, Ooh. shit, that's fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah, you bring up, like, Gary talking about how he knew him for ten years. And right. Like, and you're God like, knows how oh, long damn. they've been there together. Like, yeah, fuck. It's a trip. What was another one of yours? Yeah, and that bedding scene is so fucking cool with the the way the the music Ooh, plays. Ooh, and the hands. Oh, just yeah, that yeah. fully assimilated yet? Yeah. Yeah. And he went out the window and it's just like running. And you can't see them yet until they get to. It them. just doesn't say anything. It's just <gasps> like yeah, dude. It's... Those noises are what fucking terrified me yeah. as a yeah. child. Yeah. The like open mouth, like, and I had subtitles on and it was calling it howling, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, God, but it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, it's so like unearthly, like fucking ugh. great sound design. Yeah. It's great amazing, sound design. amazing. Because yeah. it's amazing across the board. Like every time that thing makes a noise, it's not exactly the same each, each time, but it's in that ballpark. Uh-huh. Just like that howling, like disturbing, like yeah. Ugh. And you can tell a lot of thought and care was put into that too, for yeah. sure. There's so much craft on hand in this movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like from the set design. To the VFX, to the sound design, to the performances. Um, it's a movie made with an incredible degree of, of, oh, of yeah. care and craft. And I could have um, put, like, a multiple scenes just listed in my life. Oh, yeah. The Bending's one was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... So, another thing I had here was was just the, like... I had mentioned the scene where the doctor, where, you know, how long were you alone with that dog? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know, it's probably nothing. And that, like, foreboding and that, uh-huh. that, that furthers that foreshadowing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, or later on when, you know, when he's saying, we're all very tired. He keeps erasing what he had said before. We're all very tired. And, like, oh, yeah. the, that, that exhaustion and the, the paranoia and the, um, 
claustrophobia yeah. that you feel in this movie is like it's so palpable. Like the atmosphere is, it, it can be cut with a knife. That's one of like the few times they touch on the time frame too. When he's doing his recordings, yeah, mm-hmm. and he's like, the storm's been hitting us hard for forty eight hours. Yes. Right. Okay, so we're at two days at least. Yes. Since you know a day ago, like. Mm-hmm. All right, because we talked about it right before you got here. I'm like, how long do you think they were like in this? Right. The, I, 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 this, this story happens inside of a week. It's not right. much longer than that. I yeah. mean, if, even if you think about the timeline that uh, Blair looks at, he says that uh, oh, the yeah. computer uh, says something that is like, uh, gosh, what was it? One uh, thousand. Uh, twenty-seven thousand hours. Is that what it was? Is was before it, it would was take it, over was the it twenty-seven thousand hours total yeah. for the yeah. entire global yeah. So I I did the math on that. Comes out to that's just under that's just under four years. It was like okay. three point yeah. eight nine years in in that timeline before the entire okay, world running the simulation. That's right. Um, so you think about it, like this entire camp being taken over in. Oh yeah, of days is that's yeah. that's among what twelve guys, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Just yeah, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. That's so why it's this, like this, it breaks the civilization. This is a very, this is a very very quick timeline that we're dealing yeah. with here. Yeah, damn. Um, yeah, I mean, what you said, Bri, Like, I I could, we could do a play by play, scene by scene, frame by so frame. Do the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> oh god, that's perfect. Oh god, that's perfect. How yeah. could like. That's why, like, I had to be very general. Like, my, mm-hmm. my good notes are just very general, basic stuff because That's good, I yeah. didn't have to. I didn't have to elaborate because I knew that this conversation, yeah. <laughs> it was going to happen organically. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't specifically have anything set aside for uh, in my notes later on about the score, but uh, it's 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 a perfect it's a perfect very score. Simple. It's, um, I know that, um, effective. Yep. uh, Ennio Morricone, if I, if I'm, if I am pronouncing that correct, um, who had done a lot of spaghetti westerns and whatnot, um, and, you know, Quentin Tarantino would use a lot of his, um, yeah, uh, Ennio Morricone, there we go, I just want to make sure I got it pronounced, uh, correct, uh, Phenomenal uh, composer uh, who left us a couple of years ago, actually, um, now. But this is one of the first times that John Carpenter did not uh, outright do his own score um, and source outwards. Wow. Um, I never knew that. And uh, so there's a. What happened is that Mercone does the score and it it's not quite what Carpenter wants. He wants something a little bit more um, minimal. And so there ends up being a blend of, of the powers that be. He gets full credit, but John Carpenter and his partner, Alan Hallworth, uh, who worked with him on um, some of the Halloween scores, uh, come in and do touch-ups. So mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that does not get used in this film pops up in Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight, which he says uh, is an homage to the thing. thing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. quite famously stars Kurt Russell. Right. So uh, kind of a kind of a beautiful Damn. kind of like little touchstone there. That but cool. um I would not say the score is underrated, but 
it's not a score that I'd say most people think about when they think about yeah. top 10 horror movie scores. Because you know? I don't, exactly. because like in a lot of movies, this is just me throwing out my opinion here, obviously, but like I feel like in a lot of horror movies, the score stands out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this way, the score is really only there to support this story mm-hmm. because it's such an engrossing story. And that's why I said, I feel like the score is effective. Like, right. Halloween, I could throw on a vinyl and just listen yeah. to Halloween, right? Like, this is something that I want to listen to while I'm watching this movie. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's the, like, go ahead. I, I would just say it is it is a film score that, like, I would encourage you to throw on. It's on Spotify. Okay. Yeah. I encourage you to just throw on and listen to it and see how it makes you feel. Oh, God, yeah. Um, by itself. Because... This is a film score, and this is what I think about to myself a lot of the times when I'm when I'm editing videos and stuff like that. If I'll do like sound effects, and sometimes this is even this is uh, this works for for music that I pick for longer form videos, like mm-hmm. mine in your videos, Brian. But if I do like uh, just like a sound effect for like a cut or something like that, there's like I have like a little punching sound effect that I use that for a lot of my. Um, reviews and a lot of times what I tell myself is that like oh you can hear it that's good and then like it's like and I'll go back and rewatch it and I'm like yeah you hear it I don't want you to hear it I want you to feel it yeah and that's what this musical score is yeah it's not intrusive yeah it's something that you don't really notice at first until you're like why do I feel like my my heart is thumping a little bit faster like what is that unnerving sensation and then you realize the synth is like Uh building up in your mind and you're like oh man that makes everything that much more creepy because you don't hear it at first you feel it and i think that's a really really creative approach to um this this particular style of composing well yeah. in that in that way it serves the story so well yes. you know what i mean it just it just makes the movie that much better yeah because it, it because it's exactly the way you describe it it's it's subtle yeah subtle yeah. and effective yeah. it uh like you know not to be too cheeky about it but it does kind of overtake you like in the way that the alien does its victims so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so there it is yeah there you go it's like piercing at times and then it's just that subtle bass line yeah. at times like man it gets you <laughs> it pulls you in hard <laughs> i love it uh what else you got for me boys anything uh that was it for mine for the most part without like yeah nitpicking into each in every single scene right. i mean are we are we uh, should we say anything about like like the spider head scene or like we'll the, talk about that okay. later on we yeah, will totally. um i want to just give one big shout out because again i don't have another section for this but um dean cundy as uh you know cinematographer yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. uh famously you know got started with john carpenter doing halloween came back to do halloween 2 did halloween 3 you can see how all those movies look yeah. You do the thing. Dean Cundy is also a cinematographer for a film that we were talking about before off mic, um, Jurassic Park. So, uh, jeez, 
Uh, man's Legend. got some heavy, heavy hitters. Yeah, uh, yeah. What an amateur, and huh? there's just <laughs> <laughs> Get your shit together, bro. Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> casual portfolio there. Fuck <laughs> me. Uh, we, um, uh, you know, just this is one of those movies where I just look at shots and I go, I feel like I've seen this on the internet a million times and it's not even a big scene it's not even a big shot it's just a the group of guys standing and McCready talking yep. and you're just like it looks like a fucking portrait yeah it's so well so well shot um and it's again kind of like one of those things that you, you were talking about before where it's like almost like they're showing off like yeah. it's just like right. mm-hmm. I'm not like you can tell like it's like this is just standard stuff I'm not even trying and the, the flick just looks so crisp so clean is it just a guy I feel like you brought this up to me before and it was probably another one of his productions where you were like it's one of those movies where you can literally just press the pause button at any given time and be like that's just a screensaver on its own yes. or like a still shot that they could use for promotional material for this movie yes because every scene is just beautiful looks that like, good. just looks so good yeah, yeah. i mean it's staged so well case in point there are multiple scenes that take place in this film where they're just showing empty hallways yeah right I know. Took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say, I'm like, there's shots straight down the main hallway that just look cool. Yeah. Like, it just I'm looks like, cool. damn, that's a good looking scene. But just it's just cool. the angle, you know, the the uh, composition and everything, it just looks so good. Yeah. Like, it's some boring ass fucking hallway. Yep. <laughs> I well, love it's, it. It's so weird to think about, too, because, like, when they were making this movie back in, you know, we're shooting it, what, in 81? Yeah. They, this was not, like, no one thought of this as like a bunch of heavy hitters mm-hmm. making an important movie. Right. This was just like some guys got a uh, were making a slightly higher budgeted B movie. Right. Yeah. And like that's how people Kurt thought Russell's of it. Russell's your big name, right? Obviously. Yeah. And what's the other guy who this was like his breakout role? Uh, Keith David. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't a he wasn't a no. Name I mean, time. he he yeah. would no. go on to be I would say I would say a B plus. Mm-hmm. Level Doesn't he voice like, the president in Rick and Morty? Yes, he does. I mean, he's he still he's still he, doing low budget horror movies. He does. Yeah. Yeah. he is uh, been consistently working since this movie. Oh, I'm so, sure. Like the man, yeah. I, I'm sure man wants for nothing, yeah, and yeah. he it does very very good in damn near everything I've ever seen him in. Like I don't think he ever turns in a bad performance. So no, he's a problem. Uh, uh, but yeah, if you look at it, yes, this is this. At the time, this is, I would argue, like, Kurt Russell had been in pictures since he was a kid. Sure. Um, That's, yeah. This is not, like, this is not something that makes him a a big name, you know? Right, no. It's not a star-making performance. That's a movie. But, you know, one thing I forgot to mention with Kurt Russell, and you guys really just want to have, like, the the fucking (laughs) wind taken out of your sails... Do you know how old he was when he made this movie? Oh, this no. Hurt. Guess what, boys? He was younger than all of us. Oh, my God. 26. He was 30 years old when he made this movie. Fuck you, Kurt Russell. How do you, you ever look at that man and think, yeah, that is not the most confident, self-assured man who's clearly like a solid, mature, handsome 40 years old right there, right? Right, yes, for sure. Like, That's confident, he, yeah. like... 30. 30. 
and like I think about myself Fuck. at thirty. Full fucking yes. beard. Took him a year to grow that. Took fucking took hair. hair to Long, that, yeah. big fucking hair. Have you ever in at any stage in your life ever been that like? Just confident. Where is the Scott? Probably, probably <laughs> at thirty. Yeah, yeah probably for a that was, second. That was 30. the year. Yeah, for like ten minutes at age thirty. I yeah. was watching it. I was watching it last night. I was like, man, he looks like he looks like mature, not in like like an age sort of way, but just like his confidence. Like I'm like, how old is he? Because. He has zero fucking wrinkles. So that's the oh, thing no. that's, that, that's, yeah. that's that's stuck out. Yeah. And I was like, uh, he I was does like, look younger. But yeah, it's hard because he's got this giant. If you get beard. past the beard, like well, if you, you just look at his goes, skin, I was just like, yeah. how fucking old yeah, he is this guy? Yeah. He can't, yeah, he can't no be. Well, yeah. you, you also, like, you think of, like, I don't know, I think of Kurt Russell as being old, like, no yeah. matter what age he is. But mm-hmm. there's also, like, and this is like a weird phenomenon that's been discussed before, but, like, people used to age a little bit differently because you can look at pictures of people from. You know, oh, yeah. 1960, and like this guy's 26 years old, and you're like, you mean 42, you know? right? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Like that generation and everything, like, yeah, yeah. They're all like just like burly fucking dudes, <laughs> burly manly men. My dad's uh, yeah, not like a big like, tall guy, but he was still like had a fucking beard and shit like that. And when he was like 26, he looked like fucking Kurt Russell. Yeah. I was like, what the right. fuck? Yeah. yeah, and that was like the norm, though. Yeah, and it's Funny. also like it's also one of those weird things that like if you see a movie, like particularly if you're a younger person and you see a person X amount of years mm-hmm. and you're like a kid, you're like, oh, that person's, you know, that age. Yep. 100%. You know, and then when you get past that age, you're like, no, that person's still older than yeah, you're you're older they're right. in that movie. <laughs> you know? uh, Stamped in time forever. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> It is one of his, like, more interesting, like, younger-looking roles, mm-hmm. hands down. Yeah. Because, like, in all of his other roles, he just looks like he's 55 or 60 forever. Just, I mean, like, <laughs> in, in, like, I think he, like, to me, he looks younger in backdraft. I'll buy it. He has no beard. He has his, like, that's certain true, cut. Right? I mean, that's, like, you know, 10 years on. So yep. he's, like, in his yep. 40s, and he looks 40 there, but he also looks 40 he here. He looks 40 yes. there, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah mind-boggling. Uh, That's crazy, though. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll wrap that. up I'll wrap up the <laughs> the good stuff with just you know we'll talk more about it moving forward. But that ending, I know I said when I first saw it, I didn't like it. But <clears throat> I, God, is there a more perfect ending to a horror movie? Damn, right. I told Kelsey about it today because I asked her. She was like, "What are you watching in there?" <laughs> I was working. I'm like. I was like, ever watch this? Obviously no. Do you know the premise of it? So I like walked her through it. And then at the end, I was like, I was like, all right. And I like just walked out of the office. I was like, fuck, I love that movie. And she was just like, all right, how does it end? Because now I need to know. Because I'm never gonna watch it. I'm like, obviously. So you I like watch it, bro. Walked her through like the last 20 minutes. She was like, that's it. And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, that's horrible. And I'm like, no, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of horrible? But it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, pisses me off every time. But I love it. <laughs> the more I watch it, the more I become convinced of what I what I've thought about yeah. that ending for a long time. We'll talk Ooh, about that moving forward. We'll yes, talk about please. That I have some things too. But uh, for now, I just can't believe any of this voodoo bullshit.
This is the part of the show where we talk about the shit, a.k.a. the shit we didn't like about the movie. And, um, boys, surprise, surprise, I've got nothing. Oh! So take it away. Anything you don't like about this movie, please tell me. I have three. Go ahead. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll start with one. Years, yeah. oh, I mean, my first one's like pretty basic. I just hate it's it. Like, it's snowing. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck snow. Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> hate it. I don't like dogs. There's a mess on the floor. There's a mess on the floor? Yeah. Go get your mom. That a boy. He knows how to ask for what he needs. I like that. No, you no, no, you said he's got it. it. You're fine. He's going to come back in five minutes. It's like, you know, I just want to know these things. Keep talking, but I don't know what's going on. Uh, no, my only one, which is very basic, was the howling noises and how many nightmares I got from that. There you go. As a child. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, fair. the visuals alone probably fucked me up as a child. But, sure. dude, to this day, when I watch scary movies, it's like, you know, the sounds, mm-hmm. the fucking music that, like, mm-hmm. sticks with you pretty deeply. Like, sure. more than I thought it used to. Yeah. I'm like, oh, and watching it again today, I was just like, fuck, I forgot about some of these scenes. Like, they're, like, deep down in there, like, bendings with this little fucking I mean, yeah, that, that, like, that scene open is Open gaze so and awesome. just that howl that comes mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Like, Ugh, dude, it's traumatizing. That, that was the scene, actually, when I rewatched this. I rewatched mm-hmm. this with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I think she had only seen it, like, once before. Okay. Um, with me, but, like, five years ago. Right. And that was the scene where when that scene happened, right as that ended, she was like, just very quietly, she was just like, this movie's so fucking cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 I love that. It's so badass. What did I miss? Suspense was killing Mine was very, like, basic. It was, like, how much the howling noises and the, like, sounds that the aliens make stuck with me and give me nightmares as a child. And re-seeing them today was, like, PTSD. Oh, I forgot how creepy they made those. And then he was talking, we were comparing it to, like, Benning's scene mm-hmm. with, like, yeah. his tentacles and shit. He was like, when we got to that scene, my girlfriend was like, dude, this movie that was, was amazing. That, like, that yeah, was that the was the point. moment where she said, like, under her breath, right when that scene ended, she went, dude, this movie's so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a fucking badass yeah. movie. Yeah. And like I told you yeah. earlier, like, off mic and everything, I was like, I have, like, dislikes because I like them now. Mm-hmm. Like, it right. traumatized me as a child hearing those sounds. And now I'm just like, because it's so awesome. It yeah. makes the movie what it is. Yeah. It makes it that creature. And that then, you know, they could have done a hundred different sounds. I'd probably still love it. But yeah. that is fucking killer. But they nailed it, yeah. Yes. I remember that being one of the things that I thought about after Man. my first viewing with it too. Like, just like kind of laying in bed, just thinking it's one of those movies that like, just like, disturbed me. Yeah, Like, like, I don't want to just I mean, use yeah. gross out, but, like, it just disturbed it me when I thought about it. And that was, I would always think about that scene with Bangs. Yep. His hands, like, his dead eyes, yes. the sound coming out of his mouth. It's just, it is a good, it's a really good, like, like, jolt for, like, your brain. Yeah. But it's also, like, fucking peanuts compared to what is to come, right? you know? I think, like, the kicker for me was that, like, they had just talked about, like, it needs time to, like, finish assimilating yeah. to what it's doing. Yeah. And then, like, and that, and right after is when this happens. And, we that and obviously, like, the other scenes are, like, so much more intense. And it's, like, 
creating this huge monster and that one it's like almost there and they caught it in between yeah. and it's still and it's just like ah fuck like couldn't get all the way done and you like see it and it's like almost there vulnerable state where it's not like this full-blown like over-the-top gory monster it's like still kind of him i and that's what always stuck with me <laughs> i i read that they d- during the editing like the editor was talking with john carpenter and saying that like he's like we can't watching it, it it's confusing how the assimilation works like what's the process oh, basically right. yeah. so they added two scenes for that Ooh. one of them was the bending scene yep so you could see that it does take time yep and that it's not like a, a perfect thing you know right out the gate and then the other one was um uh kurt russell's speech about how he knows he's human mm. um, um. and kind of how he talks about like if you were all these things you just attack me yeah. but it does it's it's vulnerable out yeah. in the open so right. it wants to hide inside of an invitation that's why it's not just attacking people like yeah around. right so and it like I, I told kelsey on i was trying to explain to her like the tied up scene and how like no one knew it was palmer and how it was like he like fully assimilated into it and it was like hiding in him basically to the fact like he was still like talking, like yeah. kind of doing his thing, going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Like it had gotten that far along. Yeah. <laughs> like, ugh, such a trip. Any uh, any other bads? Or is that mostly it? Um, I had another one about Blair building the spaceship underneath the shack, and we kind of talked about that. That a threw bit me for a loop. Yeah, because he thought that he did it really quick in, in the amount of yeah time. the fact that there was like a full tunnel and yeah. like that like he had his tool bench like set up down there and it was like almost like an 80 percent complete spaceship downstairs i'm like what the yeah. fuck and and my argument was yeah. this is again something that you kind of have to let your 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 totally. brain justify it but you know i told you that if this creature has come to contact with other alien species right. probably just is morphing, changing, using yeah. tentacles to do this, this, and this. Probably yeah. dug that tunnel really fucking quick, actually. Yeah. And it's just like constantly this like just a like human grabbing. Doing this yeah, this is not no. this is not him in his Blair no. state, just At all. slowly putting this together. This is the yeah. creature just boom, 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 boom. At least right. that that would be my interpretation of that. That's what of I thought about when I watched it today. I was like, yeah. how is this guy putting this ship yeah. together? And that's yeah. kind of what yeah. I imagined it looked like. Of I have to say that like. If I were looking for a weakness in the movie, it it kind of all revolves around that spaceship. Yeah, like the spaceship in the beginning and the spaceship there. Yeah, I would I would say that like those are weaker than the other parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't need them. You don't need them. It, you don't need. You know, it's I don't. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. It doesn't change how I feel about the movie. But like, of course, I don't think those scenes work as well as the rest of the movie. Yeah. and I think you could potentially cut them and and have. Yeah. The same movie, it doesn't need them at all. Yeah, yeah. And I like the idea that it helps them come to the conclusion that it's trying to escape and that right. they need to take drastic measures. Yeah, now. that's true. That's true. It is but, used for and, a story, version. and they do like that's a good segue to it, I guess. Like, I, it could have you know easily just been a tunnel back to outside, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but and it would have been harder for them to pitch that. But yeah. mm-hmm. it was another, it tied right into it. My last one was that they decided to basically nuke the entire compound before they got to the generator. 
And McCready's like, hey, can we fix it? And he was like, no, it's gone. Yeah. And he was like, well, can we fix it? He's like, no, it's not here. And I'm like, but your plan was to fix it? Yeah. You've already blown up half the car. Like, why did you go there first if your idea was to well, maybe fix a, it? And it's like, oh, we took I think it. there's an explanation for that, potentially. That was the thing you didn't want to get into yet about the ending. Yeah. Um, we can we can yeah, dive into that too. Circle back. Uh, or whatever. But um, I have one, I had one more though. Yeah. One more yeah. like, and this isn't really a negative. This is more like, Caitlin, you're a nerd. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was definitely not an AI that was sufficiently advanced to do those calculations in 1982. Oh right. Period. There was not. That yeah. did not exist. The program where. He, He's punching that in and getting those, those yeah. statistics based on these wild variables. Oh, I thought you were talking about chess like wizard that. there for a minute. No, <laughs> bro. Kaylin, you're a nerd. Shut up. <laughs> Kaylin, no one likes no listen. Um, no, no, no. no, no. That's, when, that's when he's calculating totally how long it would perfect. take to, to take over the yeah. world, that's nonsense. There was nothing yeah. like that in 82. Nobody least, had that. At least not in that size of a computer. They, I'm sure there's a big-ass one in somewhere in like Hartford but, where but they have you like... But you would have to you would have to account for a million variables yes, to come up yeah. with an equation for something like to model what it would take for an yeah. alien to take over Earth. Yeah, there's a million things you'd have to punch in there. The idea that this guy just sitting at a computer could be like, "How long till the alien takes the world?" and it can just go this long. Yeah, total fucking nonsense. That said, thing. Like, I was like. That said, we're watching a science fiction movie. Yeah. yeah, this is this is one of those things where my suspension of disbelief is fine with that. Totally. Like, you know, yep. it's like, all right, cool, there's a shape-shifting alien. Yep. Right, exactly. There's Everything a is on the list. All right, yeah. cool, you're uh, a cylinder helicopter pilot where it's a fucking sombrero in the middle of the Antarctic. <laughs> they have a cache of guns at a science yeah, uh, yeah, base. Yeah. <laughs> It was in my lights, but I knew we'd touch on it later. But like, just his style <laughs> alone. Yeah. Apparently, this is just <laughs> on the commentary. This is just on the commentary we were watching. Like, Kurt Russell was like, "Yeah, the hat was already a set deal before I was even on set." And there, and, and John Carpenter was like, "Yeah, I really like that hat." And <laughs> Kurt Russell's like, "Yeah, I really like it too." He's like, "Oh, I'm glad to hear you liked it." <laughs> oh my god! Like, we haven't talked about this in forty years. Each other off on a Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess that about rounds out uh, the shit, uh, a.k.a. voodoo bullshit. Um, but uh, I think that maybe we need to get a little bit more even-tempered. So in this uh, category, I just, I just want to talk about McCready. Um, Here we go. Because... <laughs> I do believe him as a character deserves his own category. Uh, what What are your thoughts about him as just, for all intents and purposes, he is our protagonist in this film, and he is somebody who does not want to be the protagonist of this right. film. Kind of just wants to be left alone and keeps on getting the essentially the hammer passed to him right. by everyone else. I feel like everyone's just fucking making shit decisions. Yes. And he's just like some drunk flyboy who's just like, fuck, okay, mm -hmm. I'll do it. But yeah. I'm gonna take a swig of scotch first <laughs> and you're gonna fucking listen to me or I'm gonna shoot you. Yeah. Because you guys are being fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt about it today. Watching no, it. Totally I was like, agree, yeah. he doesn't want to be in charge. Yeah. He just keeps 
getting like like you said like people are just like forcing his hand yeah and it, at the point he basically is just like all right if i don't fucking take charge i'm gonna die right yeah exactly yes. it, it really just comes right. down to self-preservation he's yeah. just like well i don't feel like getting murdered by my friends yeah. or by an alien monster yeah. so i guess i'll be a man of action he today. states at the beginning like when they're like hey can we fly to fucking the other camp he's just like dude i'm just a fucking pilot like come on man like i want to i'm in and i love that bit because it it speaks to just I don't know. You have a group of scientists, and goddamn, so many of them just so <clears throat> have their heads up their ass yeah. because the doctor wants to go up. Right, everyone's already saying that that's a bad idea. Yeah. Palmer's like, "Fuck it, I don't care." But I'm high. They're like, "You, know, <laughs> you, should, you should take a seat." <laughs> and uh, hey, thanks for thinking about it, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, gotta love I just love that that line is like you can't quite tell if he's just like high and sing it or if it's actually like kind of like a little quit back yeah it's like a little bit of both um but uh the the fact that like the doc's like come on mccree let's let's go check out the camp and uh then gary is like "Uh, mccree this is really thin like like i'm sorry commander in chief stick to you know point and shoot um, I'm gonna pass this and and Mac's response is like they're, they're everyone is saying this is a bad idea because it's a bad idea because they could die right. basically yes yeah. they could God rest his soul Kobe Bryant died like that yep, yep. so yep. that's what that's what we're talking about here Go yeah, helicopters aren't ability. like inherently safe. Yeah, like you're they're, they're, yeah. They're, 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 yeah, they're very really they're, they're safe at all, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and in the terms of the weather, but Max's response is, "It's fine by me. I just want to let you know we're taking a chance." Like he is, he doesn't really seem to care about. No dying at that stage in the game i think i think it's because and this this goes into a little bit of the backstory about the character that we don't get that had to do a little bit of research and they talk about this in the commentary is that carpenter and russell had developed the backstory that um mccready was a vietnam uh, helicopter pilot and that he the reason that he deals so is is able to kind of deal with everything that's happening because he's seen his friends be fucking mutilated before yeah. mm-hmm. um, and is able to keep a level head in this scenario but he is uh, an alcoholic and depressed well I was gonna say you, you it's it's clear that McCready's depressed um, and it's clear that he's not well like mm-hmm. it's not he's not just drinking because he's bored yeah. That's a guy who's having a hard time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that they, yeah, they he sells that well. Yeah, they, they totally sell that as a character. Mm-hmm. Like this is a guy who's having a hard time. He's going through shit and like life is not fucking sunshine and rainbows yeah. to him. This was a job. Yeah. And so but also like being a, a Vietnam pilot and being a pilot, right, he is kind of inherently a little bit brave, a little bit um a little bit stupid. A little bit stupid. With his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. No, a little bit like like think about the kind of person who becomes a helicopter pilot. Like probably a little bit prone to risk. It's the kind of people who who ride sports bikes, you know, and and yeah. take them fast and do all that right. shit. Like you're a little bit um inclined towards risk. That doesn't mean you want to crash and die. 
but it does mean that that taking a little bit of risk isn't something that that you're so adverse to. Yeah. Yeah. I um well I I was thinking about it when I was watching the scene where they go to the Norwegian camp and while mm-hmm. Copper's response to everything that he sees is quite appropriate. Um, McCready's very, very stoic. Yeah. Very just kind of like, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is what it is. Yeah. And, hey, let's let's wrap it up. It's getting dark, sort of deal. Like mm-hmm. yeah. it's gonna be harder to get back home. Like he's almost like yeah. not phased by what he's seeing. Right. And I was thinking about like I was like, this is what what kind of person. Yeah, it's not normal. The only thing that like that. tossed yeah. him was the ice block they had pulled that was yep. empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when he was like, yo. Yeah. The fuck? Because he that's not he's something like, he's familiar with. Yeah, he's familiar he was like, with burned down buildings and dead this bodies. This is fucked. Yep. Something you know? here is not right. And then they go outside and they see the like, you know, cooked one. Yeah. And he's just like, alright, we need to go back. Let's roll. Like, it's time to go. Yeah. But still very like stoic and chill about it. Yeah. And I think about also his is you know monologue that he does in the tape recorder and i think about how he talk how he, he he talks he mentions multiple times that he hasn't slept in days mm-hmm. and that's before they even hit the 48 hour mark yeah. Yeah. yeah so like this guy is probably going on the better part of like <laughs> i would say between three and five days of not sleeping yeah of not so having surprised. good sleep <laughs> and he's Sitting there, still sipping on a bottle of still scotch. That bottle. Yeah. Yeah. and I'm wondering what kind of you know body type, where his brain's at. Because to me, when I drink, I get sleepy. You know, and dude, I also put myself in that scenario too. I was like, I, I would die in a nightmare on the street. I would die in the thing because <laughs> guess what, man? When I'm tired, I'm falling the fuck asleep. Oh yeah, and and I just can't stay up. up. For safety, like, I, there's just no way that I, I would know. be drinking a bottle of Jane B. Scotch when I haven't slept in five days. And you're like, supposed to be staying up. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. scotch would be to go to sleep. That'd be the point. Yes. Yeah. So, like, yeah. just the the I don't know the the type of man, whatever he endured, whoever he was before. I think there's actually a, a novel that um, is an unofficial novel. Um, and they, they changed the name of the character to something very, very similar, but it's, it's McCready, but it's under a different name. It's McReady. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) Um, but they, they do, they do a whole backstory, but I, I haven't, haven't read it, but, uh, it, it is a curious thing to kind of know who this man was before, but also totally unnecessary at the end of the day. Oh yeah. How he functions as a character in the picture is, is just... No. You are by <laughs> far the youngest person I know who says picture still, by the way. Yeah. Like, the only other person I know who says picture regularly is my grandpa, and he's 97 years old. So. <laughs> Not even um, TK, huh? No, he doesn't say picture. Uh, <laughs> cinema. Well, you know what? It's, right. it's, come, it's come after doing uh, enough movie reviews that I get tired of saying film, flick, and movie. I gotta throw another... Uh, you gotta have movie. more... Uh, uh, Was it uh, adjectives? Or yeah. No. No. Uh, no. It's it's pronouns. a noun. It's a, it's a pronoun. Yeah. yeah. I guess uh, it's, it's a noun. Um. God. We went to school. Right? What we're talking about? <laughs> I don't know if I did. <laughs> yeah. I had a whole section of one-liners, and yes, hit me with out it. of the four that I wrote down, three of them are from him. 
The first one was when they go to the Norwegian base camp. He goes, hey. anybody there? Hey, Sweden. <laughs> I fucking love that line. And I was just like, and he's got a stupid fucking hat on. It's like, oh, all right, I don't know. Uh, the other one was a Family Guy reference because I just love that he says, we're going to draw a little bit of everybody's blood. We're going to find out who's the thing. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> they said the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you know, tail end when he's like, yeah, fuck you too. Because that line. I love that line. Tuck and rolls away. It is a quintessential, like, a like right. 80s action hero, like, one-liner. But it great. works because... Any one of us in that scenario had a monster just like fucking popped out of the ground and we were getting yeah. ready to check a stick of dynamite. Guess what? It wouldn't be stick around. It wouldn't be hasta la vista, baby. No, it would be like, it would yeah, be, fuck, yeah you fuck you too. Yeah. Like, that's what it would be. It doesn't totally mean it works at me. Yeah. I have a lit fuse of dynamite. Right. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> And then, tuck and roll. Yeah. Tuck and roll. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, he was so goddamn proud that he did his own stunt. <laughs> I mean, he was just trying to get away from that live stick of real dynamite as fast as he could. That wasn't a stunt. That was real. Oh, my God. It wasn't a stunt at all. Oh, man. <laughs> Kurt Russell trying not to get blown up. <laughs> want to see like uh, a like cut together like sped up like a little bit uh with the music just like him dodging like fucking John Carpenter just chucking dynamite play the Benny Hill music uh, yeah, like, like, that's what it is yeah. <laughs> God, it was pissing me off because I had it at the tip of my tongue and then I lost it. I was like, oh, God. Oh, man. Um, just uh, because it's uh, because it's the name of this category and I couldn't figure out where else to put it, but the scene where they decide who's going to essentially take charge and, you know, Childs goes to reach for the gun and McCready has that really good one-liner that I just... I just... I fucking love it. I love... That line, I love the delivery. Maybe someone a little bit more even tempered child. Um, mm -hmm. Just, I love that way of just like, yeah, someone who's not going to lose their shit. Um, yeah. And it, yep. the, the phrase even tempered is not nearly used enough as far as I'm That's concerned. Funny, yeah, him and child are just like constantly like. Because they're, they're, the they person. are the two, they, because child is like naturally like the leader. Childs is yeah, he's his contender, you know, but he's also that. the one that would run that ship into the ground. Yeah, really he's making those you know rash um, decisions. Uh huh. Uh, but McCready's like, dude, you're gonna get you fucking killed. I have to make yeah. decisions myself. Exactly. Again, it's you know he's covering his ass. Nope. In in that scene though, it, that's where they discover that the blood bags have been uh that's right. destroyed, and they were gonna use that to do a test. That scene, they, they it's all about who got to the blood bags. The lock was undamaged, which means that someone had the key. It wasn't Copper who had access to the key, and it wasn't Gary. Both of them state that who who carries the key, yeah. the station master. So was neither of them. You, we find out that neither of them were the thing. Neither of them yep. had been infected up to that point. Any ideas who might have gotten their hands on the key? 
I, I mean, read, I read something about it. What? It was like little hidden things that people might have missed yeah. in the film. And when they open up the uh, the fridge, the like seal gasket is hanging off of it. And so like somebody's speculation was that, well, I mean, it can move via blood, clearly. So it probably just went in without having even used the lock. And that was like a whole big fucking thing. Genius. But I'm like, damn. And I was like, I don't know, because, yeah, like, yeah, both of them weren't infected. Yeah. Who had were key holders. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, damn. And they have a little screenshot of the scene with the fridge open, like, the gasket's, like, hanging halfway off. You're like, oh, what the fuck? That's very interesting. And I'm like, damn, I heard from like, Yeah, I was that's like, really that's cool. cool. Yeah. So, like, I mean, odds are, yeah, at, you know. at that stage of the game, it's probably Palmer that did it. That right? would be my thought, yeah. is that it was Palmer. Cool. That's because then he's infected. Yeah. Right. He's on that's that why batch. I, I figure it's right. Yeah. Yeah. But then I always had a fucking issue with the dog walking into someone's room. Well, and that you shadow, just see this shadow, that shadow that looks like nobody in the camp. By the way, the only one I could think of was Palmer. That's or that is, Windows because yeah. like they're little froze, but yeah. that's like, but that's it, and it's still kind of far fetched. Yeah. Regardless, uh, I, I think I think the person oh that he walks in it on is Palmer. But I mean, John right. Carpenter specifically said we got someone that didn't look like anybody. That's hilarious. So that. you couldn't you couldn't decide, which is yeah. smart. It's yeah, really really smart. Great um, cagey bastard. But. Uh, I my money is on the person that gets overtaken by the dog is Palmer, right? Because um, he's just right. so like he's still talking and yeah. everything. I'm like, it must be so far along, assimilation wise, that mm-hmm. doing all that. Well, so, you know, I don't. Let me see. I just I, I have a little bit of talk about this. They they discuss it in the commentary where they talk about. Oh, nice. um, do you know if you've been overtaken or not? Right. And I don't think you do. I don't think you're like aware. Maybe there's maybe there's like a little tingling. Maybe like you had a maybe like a half remembered dream or something like that. But I don't think you are fully aware that you're not that you're not you. You know, maybe maybe every now and then you get a weird sensation or something like that. But if you if the thing is a perfect imitation of you, right? Theoretically, you should not know, right? Or you're just not there anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, not. Yeah, it's, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's you now, is how I would admit. That's it. how I think yeah. of it too, because it's like it's not a perfect imitation of you. Because if you if you poke it with fire, it goes, yeah. Yeah. and I don't do that, so yeah. it's not a, it's not a one to one imitation. Well, my thought with this is is that the Norris bit, mm-hmm. Norris clearly has a heart attack. When he goes to oh, right. when, when McCready's coming back and he goes to like yeah. like call for everyone to look because he sees McCready out the window he goes mm-hmm. ah mm-hmm. and I don't think that's the that's not the thing doing that that's him having a heart yeah. attack right. so would the thing like it has to be his body responding that he's clearly right. infected that's true but if the thing did imitate him that means it would imitate his imperfections yeah so. Norris would have been getting ready to have a heart attack as a normal person. Yeah. But because the thing, you know, assimilated him perfectly, that it would take on its, his imperfections. See, yeah. there's inconsistencies. Okay, so this is what, what I was going to come to is that it doesn't make perfect sense. No. And that has to be okay. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. It's also, I think it kind of, it's kind of okay too because, um, not to hijack your point here, but um, are you guys at all familiar with like other, like, I mean, I know you're familiar with generally with cosmic horror, but yes. like H.P. Lovecraft, cosmic horror. I love H.P. Lovecraft. I do too. So it, I think it, I think it, because this is cosmic horror is what it yes. is. It's, it's beyond our comprehension, comprehension horror. Yeah. I think it's kind of okay that the thing itself is a little bit beyond our comprehension. Right. Yes. I think that's part of the fun. It doesn't all have to make sense. Exactly. It's it's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit too much for us. It's a little yeah. bit outside our bounds of understanding. I kind of dig that. Yeah. Myself. Totally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I could think of a better way to to wrap up this episode <laughs> um, because I'm sure we've already gone on for a piping hot minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. For all the uh, interruptions from the youngster, but hey, if you're a listener and you're a fan, then you know you know that we have fun here, and my kid's really cool. So he's still assimilating. You sh- yeah. what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> I legit have nightmares about my dog. Oh my god, I have thing nightmares oh. about my dog, and I wake up. To my dog laying right next to me. Oh, that shit. coming out of the back of his fur and then terrifying, dude. When you look at him, and he's like, oh, it wasn't me, dad. <laughs> Sorry, you say something, dad? Like, soon? <laughs> yeah, dude. I've, I've had a couple and it's fucked. Uh, but, uh, I hate this. We will be continuing our discussion on the thing. Uh, we got a lot more fun stuff in store for you guys. Uh, it's going to be a week, a couple of weeks before you hear the next bit. It's going to be uh, a minute, a couple of minutes for us before we record it. But uh, don't let that fool you. It's pretty cool. Uh, right. <laughs> See you uh, next week, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> <laughs> Let me just change clothes really quick. <laughs> I'm just wearing Johnny's clothes for some reason. Yeah, we're all the same. Pretending to be each other—that's well, that's even more fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh god! Talk about assimilation. Um, <laughs> until next time, I am Johnny Horror. Uh, you are listening to the Johnny Horror podcast with me, my friends, my co-host, my guest, Brian Calvert, Kalen Behrman, and we will see you, motherfuckers, on the flip side. But until then, back off. Way off. Adios, muchachos. That's so aggressive.